know what I'm saying? When the Holy Ghost shows up, you never know what happens, man. I mean, people roll on the floor, people laughing, crying, somersaults, you name it. We have chandeliers, they'll be hanging off chandeliers, screaming, hollering. But as long as the Holy Ghost is all good, right? Amen. So let's just uh, open up a prayer this morning before I get into what the Lord has for us this morning. So, Father, we just, first, we just want to bless you, Daddy. Because you're so good. You're so lovely, Father. We thank you for your heart that is always continuously towards us, flowing like a mighty river into our hearts. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for the abundance of your blood and what you did on that cross and your broken body that we may have life by believing and putting our trust in you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in us, leading us to all truth, and absolutely helping us walk in the inheritance that we have in Christ. And we just also welcome you, holy angels of heaven, and the cloud of witnesses into this room. Let there be an open heaven, and let the atmosphere of heaven that is already here just keep on increasing. And we all say it. Amen. So I'll get right into it. Um, so today I just want to talk to you about the prophetic. Okay? That's something that the Father gave me uh, a couple of weeks ago concerning the prophetic or prophecy, whichever way you want to put it. And uh, I'll give you a heads up also. If I'm speaking too fast, please raise your hand and I will slow down. Okay? Sometimes I forget because when I'm in class, some of my students get shocked. Because they go, did you say one whole sentence or just one word? I said, no, that was actually a complete sentence. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I will slow down if I need to. So don't, be, don't hesitate. So um, everybody's pretty familiar with the prophetic, right? Because our church in itself is a prophetic church. Okay, if you haven't realized that. And by definition, you know, the prophetic... Is really, I just translate that to encouraging. It's an encouragement. Okay, it's a word that you get from the Father Himself and you're just faithful to give it. Okay, really simple. Nothing crazy about it. Um, I remember going to uh, this Baptist church and I remember the guy saying, you know, we don't believe in prophecy. Okay, and then in the next breath, he started speaking encouragement to me. He started saying, brother, I just see the Lord all over you. And da 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 And in my heart, I said, father, that's interesting. <laughs> he just prophesied. <laughs> as simple as that was. <laughs> so, but, uh, but where I'm going to come from, I'm going to come from the father's perspective. Okay. That's what the Lord has given me in my heart. That's the faithfulness that he's asked me to communicate, which is the father's heart. And that's a very tall order because there's not enough for us to really describe Papa in heaven. Um, so recently, I had this encounter with the Lord, with the Father himself. Somebody sent me a word while I was in India. Okay, a really good friend, a good mama. I call her the spiritual mama. She's awesome. Sent me a word. Said, uh, I believe the Father's going to visit you. Or you're going to visit the Father. And... Uh, um, it didn't happen in India. I said, you know, from the time I got the water, I said, Lord, if any other place you can do is on the airplane, because I'm not sure where else you'll be able to visit me, because I thought that water was supposed to be almost immediate. 
But it took uh, at least maybe a couple weeks to a month. So I'm not going to go through the whole experience. But the part that I want to talk about is when I was around the father, the biggest thing that was coming out of him was these prophetic words. I mean, they were flowing out of him like a river. And I knew and I understood, like, for example, in my own situation, just standing before the Father, I knew all the prophetic words that he had spoken previously. And then there was two more prophetic words that he was going to speak to me later. And it was interesting that when I was around him, there was a familiarity to Bob Jones also. Okay? As crazy as that sounds, you know, sometimes when, when you're having these encounters with the Lord, it's like, you know, it's like in the book of Revelations, you know, you're like, what in the world are they talking about, man? You know, the book of Daniel. You know, you get a goat with three horns. You get something with wings. You get this, you get a horn that talks. You're like, what in the world, Lord? What is that? You know? So, so but there was this familiarity with the, about the Father, and I believe it was intentional on that part. And it kind of illustrated what Bob Jones really carried. What he really carried was the father's heart. Like he carried such a tremendous father's heart and he was such a friend to the father that whenever he will communicate to you, what he will communicate is the thoughts of the father for you. And that's why people really liked being around him. I loved being around the guy. Even when he didn't speak, you just felt comfortable being around him because he just oozed the father's presence. So, um, so with that said, I just want to talk about one of my favorite people that I love in the word is Paul. In, in Corinthians, Paul actually talked about prophecy in a really detailed manner. And it led me to believe that he himself had an experience with the father that was so real and he knew the importance of being able to prophesy to people and speak the father's thoughts to them. Okay, so I'm going to read here in 1 Corinthians 14, in his own words, okay, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is 1 Corinthians 14, starting from verse 3. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is, stre- is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could speak, I wish you all could speak in tongues. But even more, I wish all could prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking an unknown language, how would I help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. I could just stop there and we all could go home. <laughs> but, you see, in those words of Paul that, that he speaks on those pages in the Bible, you could tell that Paul really had a deep revelation about prophecy and he loved it. In his heart, he was very interested in uplifting people and encouraging people. In all of his letters, okay, you notice he would call those people in those churches saints. He never called them sinners, even when they were messing up royally. And in his letters, yes, even though there's time to use strong language, you could tell the love that was coming from his heart, and he wanted them to absolutely succeed. And he wanted them to absolutely understand the Father's heart towards them. 
And for Paul, I just want to present this to you. Just the same way I had this experience with the Father. I believe at some point Paul had this experience where he stood before the Father. And he could hear these thoughts that were coming out of the Father for him. Or these thoughts were coming out of the Father for other people. And he went ahead to also demonstrate that in his own life. By discipling and having sons. Okay? Raising up sons where he will speak very encouraging words to them. Um, so the first thing that I would like to do is just, you know, read a little bit about Paul's experience in the book of Acts. Okay? And this is Acts 9 starting from verse 10 through 18. It says, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to the straight street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He sprang to me right now. That, that in itself should tell you something. Okay? Jesus is talking to Ananias saying, listen, you need to go to Paul's house. He's actually praying to me right now. So you need to go over there. Anyways, that, that's a message for a different time. It says, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can, so he can see again. But the Lord exclaimed, I mean, but Lord exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And every, you know the rest of the story. He went and laid hands on him. He started saying the scales fell off, got full with the Holy Ghost. See, in that instance, you could see how the father viewed, because whenever I say the father, or if I say Jesus, Jesus and the Father one. So when you, when you hear Jesus, you hear the Father. When you hear the Father, you hear Jesus. Okay? So here's Jesus, who knows the Father's thoughts so intimately, so well. Sends one of his own prophets to go over there. Okay? And give a word of encouragement to Saul. And obviously the report that was there that Ananias heard was a negative report. It was not a positive report, okay? And it was based on facts and truths, okay? It wasn't like he was trying to be scared for no reason, okay? Because Saul was pretty, you know, interesting character. He was out there to get people. But you can see how the father looked at Paul himself. He looked at Paul not for what he was, but for what he was going to be, okay? He looked at Paul as he was okay as in present tense as he was so the father himself sent a word of encouragement to tell paul listen this is who you are and this is how i view you here are my thoughts towards you and i have a great work for you to accomplish in spite of ananias fear Based on true facts, that Saul was one of those murderers that was killing Christians. But yet at the same time, 
the father was seeing Paul for who he was. So prophecy itself is the father's heart towards us. The father's thoughts towards us to see us as we are so that we can understand our present position before him. Okay? Our present position before him. It is not based on what you've done or not done. It's solely based on his heart towards us and his very thoughts that are good, that are comforting, that are encouraging, that are uplifting. This is when I wish I knew more vocabulary to describe more of it. I'm out of that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Even though in that same, actually, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. You see, whenever the Lord sends you to somebody to give him a word of encouragement, in spite of where that person is in life, our job is to really speak the Father's thoughts. Because the Father knows exactly who they are. Very intimately. Does that make sense? So, let us not be like Ananias where we see somebody's negative life. And not speak the life the Father wants us to speak to that person. Because we're making judgment based on the outward appearance that we're looking at. Make sense? Okay. Shika Lord, help me get it all out day and you gotta remember what Paul was describing okay because I want to really keep that scripture you know from first Corinthians just keep that in mind just that first those first that first verse of uh, 14 verse 3 and it says but one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them Okay, I want, I want you to keep that in mind. And if you notice, when Paul was getting that word from the Father, okay, it was, it was a tremendous word because we are Gentiles ourselves. And because of Paul's faithfulness, we gotta, our forefathers got to hear the gospel. And we got to benefit from Paul's obedience. And Ananias being obedient to what Jesus was saying about Paul, even he himself gets credit and gets a reward for being obedient to speak the Father's thoughts about Paul and being obedient towards that. Okay? So when you look at Paul's life himself, when you, have, when you get a word that says, and he shall know how much he'll suffer for me, Okay, it is still a prophetic word. Okay, it is still an encouraging word. Because for what Paul was going to go through, he needed to have some level of comfort. Knowing that the Father was absolutely with him through all that craziness that was going to happen in his life. Do you see what I'm saying? So, when we go back and says comforts. Okay, Paul says it comforts. Okay. When you give a word or prophecy, it's part of it is to also comfort that individual. 
So Paul was walking and coming from a place of experiencing the word of the Lord active from the father's heart to his heart. He walked it out and he decided that he was going to speak it out to us. And he wrote it down so that we who read it can know, listen, the father's thoughts towards us are great thoughts. Even though we might go through some craziness in life, but yet at the same time, we should draw great comfort knowing that those same words that the father has spoken to us, will carry us through because the Father is very present in them. Help me, Lord. Because can you imagine, here's Paul. Okay, he's getting flogged. He's getting stoned. Okay, yet he has this powerful prophetic word. You can go speak and preach the gospel to the Gentiles and you can go see kings. That's a profound word. But yet at the same time, he said, but you shall also know how much you suffer for me. So I'm sure in the midst of him being beat, being stoned, dying, resurrecting, shipwrecked, and all that stuff, he could draw back to that word and say, listen, the Lord is still present with me even at this very moment. So I can draw comfort from the Father's words himself that you're with me present even in this suffering. See, the prophecy is powerful, man. The devil hates it. Because the devil prophesies too. You know what I'm saying? The question is whether we're going to buy the lie or not. Anyways. Let's move on. Time wise. I got I to gotta keep my time. You could see. Paul also. Encouraging the people that are around him. So when you look at First Timothy, okay, let's see what he was telling Timothy here. Okay, here's Timothy, young pastor. He's got a church. He's running this church. He feels less qualified because he's young. And Paul is speaking to him and encouraging him. Let's, you know, don't despise your youth, okay? The Lord has given you something tremendous. And here's Paul encouraging him. This starting from verse 14. So First Timothy 4.14. He says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through prophecy spoke it over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Okay? Alright. I'll move on. I'm not going to try to over-explain it. But that in itself is really powerful. Okay? Because Paul is reminding him, listen, there's those specific prophecies Prophetic words have gotten from the Father himself. So you need to hold on tight to those things and you need to remember those things yourself. That even in the midst of you feeling less qualified, you still qualify because the Father spoke in it. Because it's the Father that qualifies us. We don't qualify ourselves. So when the Father says it, he carries that much authority in our own lives. So I can operate in that word because it's a living word. It's alive. And it's true when he says that it will now return to him void. That which he spoke it will now return to him void. I'm sure Abraham himself, when he got that great prophecy about he's going to be the father of many nations, tell me when did he get to actually see it physically? He was an old man. But yet he stood on that prophetic word that came from the father's heart. I'm going to make you a great man and you're going to be a father to many. I'm sure he's sitting in heaven going, 
wow, I got an African child. Do you even know it? I'm not sure he thought about that then. <laughs> but he's got African, he's got Asian, he's got Chinese, he's got Indian. I'm not sure that he really saw the complete fullness of what the Father's world really looked like for him in his life. But yet in heaven, he's probably looking around going, wow. Anyways, let's move on. Okay. So part of the prophetic, okay, should give you great comfort how well the Father knows you. Okay. I'm going to read something from Psalms 139 so that you can know how intimately and deeply the Father knows us. That he is new as even before we actually existed. And he absolutely was very intentional in making us the way he did. The way he created us, he was very methodical and very intentional in all of it. So there's not a mistake that he made. Okay? In creating us, he did not make any mistake. He was very intentional about how he wanted us to be. So, check this out. This Psalms 139. Starting from verse 13. Okay, so you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How will I know it? You watched me as I was formed in outer seclusion, as I was wounded together in the dark womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. I don't know whether that's intimate enough or not. Everything is recorded in his book even before we ever open our eyes in our mama's womb. Recorded. So even like when I was standing before the father, I could not even count the number of thoughts that he had towards me at that moment. It was overwhelming. Overwhelming. Full of love. And they just flow like a river, just one after another, after another, and after another. And they're all good thoughts. They're all encouraging thoughts. They're all thoughts for me to succeed. Thoughts of hope. And if you think those are just my words, let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and a hope. How powerful is prophecy? That the father will share his thoughts about an individual. And I get to present it to them and unwrap that gift from the father for them. Because the father knows that individual so well. And regardless how far they have fallen in their life, you still speak the living word that the Father gives you about that person because absolutely it comes from his heart. I'm a witness to it. It comes from his heart. Every good thought, every kind word that we get comes from him. 
Like he's the very source of incense of goodness. His thoughts are so pure that when he looks at you, it's nothing but just this love that is just inexpressible. It's full of joy. And the thoughts that he has for us are so great. And he wants us to succeed more than we ourselves want to succeed. And that's why he will send people to speak into your life and speak life into you. At that very moment, even when you're at your lowest, he will send people. He will, he will. So that they can speak into your life and say, listen, the father is still with you. All right. So that part when I say that fathers, you can have a guarantee. Because the prophetic words is really supposed to give you that encouragement that he will is present. Okay. So let's look at First Samuel 10. Starting from verse 5. First Samuel 10 verse 5. And this is about Saul. It says, when you arrive at Gibeah of God, this is Samuel prophesying. You know, where the garrison Philistines are, are located. You will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, flute, lyre, and they will be prophesying. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will, be, you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what you must. For God is with you. When these signs take place, do what you must, because God is going, because God is what? God is with you. Those prophetic words that you get. When you actually start seeing them unfold in your life at that very moment, those are signs that that word is alive and at that moment it gives you permission to absolutely do what you need to do at that moment because God is actually very present with you then because he builds your faith at that very spot saying God is with me so I can go and pursue this part it's the same thing with Gideon's story he saw the signs and he went for it that's the power of a prophetic word okay let's move on Okay, you can see this in all people's life. You can see in David's life. You can see in Peter's life. Of all people, Peter, man. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, his soul is read over and over. He denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. But yet, Jesus spoke the very words of the Father saying, listen, you really are going to deny. You really are going to deny my son. Okay. And Satan is really looking to challenge you. But when you have returned, please strengthen your brothers. That part, strengthen. Remember what I read before in 1 Corinthians 14, right? What is prophecy? Strengthen. Strengthen your brothers. Go back and prophesy to your brothers of a and be a witness of the power of the word of prophecy in, the, in your life that I give you. When you absolutely walk through mud, you deny me, but yet that should give you great comfort. Because it does not mean that I'm going to condemn you. I'm just showing you, yourself, the weakness of human nature. So that you don't have to beat yourself to condemnation. Because I'm going to help you get out of it. And then you're going to go tell your brothers 
who are in the same position that there is hope. I'm a witness there is hope. Okay. Let's move on. Oh Lord help me. Thank you. All right. So let's look at Revelations 9:10. 19:10, 10, not 9:10. 10, 19:10. 10. It says, "Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, "No, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about the faith in Jesus. Worship God only, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Hmm. And then I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Then I'm just going to leave it alone. (laughs) And just let you chew it with the Holy Ghost. And the Amplified says this. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he stopped me and said to me, you must not, you must not do you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who have and hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God alone. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. His life and teachings are the heart of prophecy. Hopefully you missed that part. Is what? Heart and teachings are what? Absolutely. They're the very heart of prophecy itself. So when you read the Gospels, Jesus is prophesying to us. Okay, he's speaking life into us. He's preaching from heaven the very words that we need. That when you read through the Gospel, the Holy Spirit brings us, they become alive. And you can take that with you in every place you go. And that's the same word that you used to speak against the devil when he comes with his prophesying lies. Okay. I'll let you chew it up. See, Jesus was generous. And then he goes on. Let's look at a. So you can see in that very moment that when Jesus was standing there, Jesus is prophecy. You missed that one. Jesus is revelation. Not like Jesus gives revelation. Not that Jesus prophesies. Jesus is prophecy. He himself is the encouragement. He himself is the comfort. He himself is the strength. Not that he's giving it. He is that being himself. So when you take Jesus in and you believe and you put your trust in him, you get all that stuff with it. Because he himself is that. He's very hard. His very teachings are prophecy. Okay. I'll leave that alone. I'm almost done. And he goes on to say, you know, this is in Isaiah 42.9. Say, everything I, everything I prophesied has come true. And now I'll prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. See, Jesus was so good. Because when he was speaking those words, 
to the disciples, he was speaking the very thoughts and the very heart of the Father himself. Okay? Because he was telling them about things that are about to take place. Some of them are not very positive. But they needed that encouragement. They needed that comfort when they're going to go through it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you, you need that. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are times I remember I could walk in a room, man, and everybody would be prophesying over me. And it was great. And then I went through these dry periods, like, no, nah, no, not a single word. And I said, Lord, are you still with me or what? And the father just, the father just said in a really gentle way, he said, why do you have to expect it from man to give you a prophetic word? Why don't you come to me so I can actually give you that word? Let me tell you what is going to happen. Because Jesus himself was presenting himself before the disciples saying, ask me and I'll tell you what is going to happen. I prophesy then, I'm going to prophesy again what is going to happen. And he goes on in John 16, 7 from verse 1 through 4 says, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Okay. For you will be expelled from synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you, I don't know about you, goodness gracious. Wait a minute, Lord, they're going to kill me? Okay. 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 We'll think they're doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Mm. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. Strengthen, comfort, encourage. Strengthen, comfort, and they needed that comfort because they're going to have really crazy things happen to them. When they say, when Jesus says that they're going to kill you, he was letting them know. That's why in the book of Acts, if you notice, those disciples will celebrate. They say, we are happy to be counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Okay. I mean, I don't know whether you can say that if you didn't get a word from the Lord. Because you're like, if you're getting beat, your brains are getting beat out, and you're trying to figure out what in the world may is. It's part of the package, Lord. But if you were to have a word from him, guess what? Oh, you can sit in it and say, anyways, blessed be the name of the Lord. All right, moving on. John 16, starting from verse 31 through 30, says, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed. It's here now when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yes, I am not alone because the Father is with me. That will preach, man. I can't get into that right now. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. See, those prophetic words, even when you're going through those times, you can actually stand in the peace of the Lord. Because I have a word from the Lord. I can hold on to that. Moving on. Oh, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to finish with this. I'm out of time. Okay. So I'll just finish with this. First Corinthians 14, 3, 6. Again. And I really want to drive this home. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. And we'll live there. The power of prophecy release the spirit of Jesus himself. So when you speak those words, you are giving the Father's words directly to that person. That is priceless. It's priceless. So remember all those prophetic words you had in the past. Because when I was standing before the Father, all those prophetic words that I've been giving the past, I could see them coming out of him. Like, like Leary. And the thoughts were just amazing. I mean, the hope, I mean, it's almost like you don't want to leave him. You're like, where do, I don't want to go, Lord. Can I just stay here? I mean, it's like he spoils you with all of the thoughts that are so good towards you. That you don't want to leave, you just want to stay there. Just, and just get. But the truth is, you still can. When you spend time with the Lord... She said, give me a word of encouragement today. He didn't say yesterday. He didn't say tomorrow. All we have is today. So for today, give me that encouraging word for today. And the Father has enough thoughts towards you that he has a word for you for every second. So you're not bothering him by asking him for words of encouragement. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's stand up. We are Jacob. I think we should just end by just being before the Father. I'm not really going to pray for anybody, really. I don't sense that, but I do sense that the Holy Spirit himself wants to minister to you. Amen. So, Jacob, if you don't mind playing that song, Abba, I belong to you. And you take your time, you know. You can soak in that. And we definitely also have the ministry team. Not right now. Because I don't want you standing up here for such a long time. But just soak in the Father's presence. And allow him just to really whisper those words of encouragement. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just take it in, take it in, take it in. Take it in.
Thoughts you've gone through, your words are. 